to the Gym Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Ramage. In this episode, I'm chatting with Andrew Rape. Andrew is a 10-year affiliate owner. He owns several woodworking businesses. He's a Bitcoin miner. Can't wait to get a little more into that. And he owns a nutrition company, which I also kind of want to dig into. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you for having me, Scott. Glad to be here, man. Yeah, so... Um, the your your list usually i i kind of say some things about like some other things like hobbies and such but i'm like this list is long enough i don't want to add anything um we're going to get in we're going to jump into every single one of these but let's start with where we're all the listeners kind of come in common is basically gym crossfit so 10 year ownership how did you get how did you get involved how'd you get started in owning a crossfit gym so i uh my friend actually challenged me to a crossfit workout when i was 18 and he said it was the hardest thing he'd ever done. And at that point, I was doing MMA and, and BJJ, uh, trying to get ready for an exhibition match, uh, which never happened because I got kicked in the head and realized that really, really sucks. <laughs> so I went straight to jiu-jitsu. But uh, at that point, um, fell in love with it. And then I wanted to start an affiliate. I wanted to rock and roll, got certified, talked to a, a potential investor and partner, and uh, he found out I was 18 and promptly backed out. I think he thought I was older. And so, um, that was the end of that. And then ironically enough, uh, CrossFit Trustful opened up in Trustful. And so, uh, instead of doing my own thing, I went and worked there and helped grow their business. Uh, they were struggling a little bit, uh, with just kind of basic startup, um, and personality, honestly, just relationships. And so I, I enjoyed going over there and helping them. They never paid me. So I asked to get paid or buy in if they couldn't. And they said, uh, no, um, <laughs> absolutely not. And so I ended up going back to college and going back down the career path I was already set on. And then they called me two years later. I was in my uh, junior year of college, maybe sophomore year. And they were like, yo, we're done. We are out. We are not coming back on Monday. And do you want it? And so I actually, uh, I said no. And then I ended up talking down to a 10th of what they originally asked me for. And before I even bought it, I went and coached and cleaned and coached and uh, made my decision as I was doing this and, and ended up buying it. And, uh, that was, that was 10 years ago. Uh, three months ago, it was 10 years ago to the day. So it was pretty cool. Uh, did you, did you finish college? I did. I, I dropped out. I, I ran the gym for a year and I got so overwhelmed with, you know, and, and everybody who owns a gym knows like you, you don't really know what you're signing up for. It's like, Oh, I'll coach classes and talk to people and manage. And then you realize, Oh my goodness. Like, somebody has to clean, somebody has to do all these roles. And so, um, I underestimated the time commitment. Uh, and so I dropped out and my dad, who is very, um, what would you say? Traditional. What now? Traditional. Traditional. There you go. Super traditional. He was like, no way, no, no way. And so, uh, but I did drop out for a year, focused on the gym, grew it, and uh, ended up going back uh, for two classes and got my degrees. 
At Level Method, we're constantly searching for ways to make your life as a gym owner easier. And that's why we created our social media service that makes you look like you're putting in tons of hours or paying someone an arm and a leg. Get six professional themed text and image posts each week, four weeks at a time. Check out levelmethod.com social for more info. Which has paid off tenfold i'm sure <laughs> we we could go down that route um we've been i have a 16 year old and he's he's kind of always been think he's thought he's entrepreneurial for a long time and um and and he's actually considering not going to college i'm like hey mm-hmm. look it's going to cost us x amount of dollars to put you through college what if we tried a year i gave you the money and you started a business and he's like yep <laughs> and of course um, I'm thinking the in-laws might not be too thrilled with that yeah. because it's so against the grain. It's yeah, so yeah. against the grain, but I'm really excited to see how it rolls. Yeah, I love it. I, I was actually, I was talking to my, my financial advisor yesterday and he said he was talking to a guy who set up a trust for his family. And the way he set it up for payouts is the trust matches their 1099. So they don't get paid unless they do something and you, you follow me. That is incredibly cool. Yeah. So I try, I said, I'm locking that away. Cause that is so good. They get, they, yeah. So, um, that's, he wanted to instill in them that failure is okay. You know, getting outside your comfort zone is okay. Going for the gold is okay. And you know, if you're successful, then I, I want to be a part of that. You know, it's not just monetary success. It's, uh, you know, that's a lot to, to put into practice and learn for yourself personally, um, getting comfortable with failure. Yeah. That's a, that's a great message. And I think, um, when I read your bio, I I think, man, this guy's super successful. He's got all these businesses, but it's really easy to forget that that bio skips all of the failures, right? Yep. So you walked into a failed business. I think you told me it had seven members when you purchased seven they said 21 and i was like okay we're not going to be losing that much money (laughs) in alabama for anybody that owns a gym alabama rent is not like anywhere else you know i I think when i started we were paying 1200 dollars a month and uh that was kind of (laughs) high wow Wow. yeah yeah it reminds me of when i uh ran my affiliate my rent was pretty cheap. People are like, yeah. you're paying what? I'm like, yeah, man, it's not bad. But, um, so you, you've got your affiliate now CrossFit Trustville. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And, um, I know that you are part owner in Pell city. So how did that come about? Uh, I had a, a, a coach who was an unofficial head coach and was doing a lot around the gym, learning the process. And he expressed passion <clears throat> into getting, uh, to moving up. And at the time I was doing a lot and my wife was doing a lot. We were doing, I mean, running it head to toe and uh, there was just no room to give him anything. We didn't need to, uh, and I'm, I'm very good about um, delegating and asking for help. But at that point, it just, there was just nothing to be had. And so uh, he expressed interest in starting another affiliate and, uh, I said, that's a great idea. And if you need help or you want support or you want me as a partner, I'll totally back you. However, 
and we ended up going 50 50 and doing the thing so and it's it's been uh it's been great ever since how long is how long has that business been in play uh 20 uh, i think june 2017 okay so you Somewhere brought around. someone up and instead of like um so i have a question because this happens all the time a gym will raise coaches they think I want to do this myself and they sneak away and do this, this backhanded thing. I want you to tell, maybe you don't know it, but I want you to tell all the listeners the secret sauce to keeping him from sneaking away and doing his own thing. Yeah. So other gyms have had people leave and start affiliates. Very common. No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wow, you don't know this. You're from another world, my man. <laughs> no. I, I had that. Uh, I think, seven affiliates came out of trust there, there we go but you yeah but you got one that you are a part of so yeah i would say my best advice i think your question was giving other folks advice on that and how to kind of how to curb that but also keep them um you know i i ascribe to the fact that i want people to grow as much as possible and i want them to define their own growth whether that's my, mine personally isn't making money. Um, I, I think there's a competitiveness to growing something to a point where it uh, helps a lot of people, makes a big impact. And not unfortunately, but a lot of times money comes with that. Uh, but impact is kind of how I define my own success for, for me personally, my family, and for others. And so I like helping people. I, I, I enjoy seeing other gyms pop up and still still stay open. But um, yes, yeah, talking about failure. I mean, we had, we, I had, I had three, uh, three, uh, coaches at the same time, uh, say that they were going to open up a gym. And I was like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Come to find out they had already paid for other, co other members to get certifications. And oh. that talk was like, we're doing this today. We already bought the property. And that's usually how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it's really not even a, a, a business thing. Like, oh man, this thing's it's a personal, it's like, man, I, why, why would you tr turn this into like a lie deceit type deal? Um, but I, I would say just don't let the negatives eclipse the positives of you. You played a role in helping someone change their life. Um, and so I, I try to grow. I try to identify specific skills and strengths in people and then help them understand that they have those skills. Um and I don't know if you call that mentoring, but the amount of people who are unaware just how good they are at a specific thing, they aren't average. They are exceptionally good in something. And I'll try to take that and put it where it needs to go, you know? So, and if it can't fit in my organization, then I'll explain to them, you need to go do this for somebody else. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's an, it's a more of a, an abundance mindset. Like there's plenty to go right. around and I don't have to be the best or the top at everything because we all have our own potential. And it sounds to me like your, your mindset is I'm not going to slow you down from reaching your right. potential. Yeah. Yep. It's funny. People get really upset. It's, it's the sneaky ones. It's the sneaky guys that like, Hey, is this okay if we do it? And then an hour later they, they put the sign on the wall, right? Or they put, they put the sign outside that's that happens more often than not. And it's really sad, but, but the truth is, if you look at your membership, even if it's a super healthy membership within a CrossFit gym, 
you know, it might be 1%, 2% of the entire population, probably less. Yeah. I was going to say probably less. Yeah. And so then you're talking about like, like there is plenty to go around and we're going to draw different types of folks and that's okay. And so um, it's that abundance mindset, I think is, is really what you're leaning into. Another thing that you brought up really early on is the, the original owners of the gym that you purchased, you said they were struggling and it, and you mentioned that it was because of relationships. Yep. So I, I want to hear a little bit more about your approach on building your business and the importance of relationships. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could definitely go on a rabbit hole there. Cause I, I am a, I, I'm an extreme introvert. I, my wife has seven Thanksgivings, seven Christmases, you know, each, each sister wants to have their own Thanksgiving, each grandmother and each, you know what I mean? Right. And after the first one, about 30 minutes, like I have to leave. I, uh, and I, you know, I, I can't believe I'm saying this with you, but because she's probably going to watch this, but I'll just go outside. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to get here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so good. The fact that you said that when she, I don't know, she can probably hear me upstairs. <laughs> my wife uh, would be upset. She's like, you disappeared. I'm like, no, it was for my own sanity. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I, I have, I communicate that a lot with her. I'm very open with her. I, you know, when we got uh, married, I communicated that, that I'm just, I'm not going to call you all the time. If you're expecting that it, it's not because I don't love you. It's just because that's the way I am. It is exhausting. I can give you more if you'll, uh, if, if we're just on the same page of, of what provides us energy. And so to answer your question, I find people, we kind of talked about this a second ago and identifying strengths and skills in people. I'll find those introverts. Usually they find me, right. Yeah. Um, who are going above and beyond who, who really feed off energy of other people and put them in positions to where they can do that effectively. Oh, so you the know, extroverts you're, you're putting the extroverts in, in the seats to be the person that is feeding. Oh, them. Yeah. Okay. Yep. The face, the, the phones, the emails, uh, the, the Facebook messages. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of, I don't have a single partner uh, or person in a high level position. That's not an extrovert. And I'll go a step further. I do personality tests for all my people. Um, I'm, I'm ISTP. The vast majority of folks who work for me are ENFJ mm-hmm. uh, or I think it's ESFJ, meaning they just want people. They enjoy emotion. Um, and because, yeah, the majority of people communicate on that level. Um, and, and for me, it, it, it can almost offend people. They're like, wow, he's... Uh, a jerk or whatever. And I'm not considering the emotion of the moment. I'm thinking the logic of, you know, the future, like what trajectory are we on? And so I need people that can understand the present. We need everybody to feel good. And so I put people in those positions. That's a, a, a major, major asset. I think uh, something I've heard from people and something I've noticed is that oftentimes the leaders will, um, will be a little, so, so, so they'll be threatened by putting someone that's going to succeed better than them at a certain space, but that's where they're limiting their own growth. I see gyms right. are stuck at 40 members or 50 members or whatever, and they want to grow to hundred. They want to grow to 200. And, and it's like, you've got to get the personality you can't change your personality. You have approached, you have, you have attracted those people who fit yep. within that guideline. So what are you going to do to grow this at this point? And I think that's yep. a really great point. And I, you know, and I, I, I've had the, I've told people this example a, a good bit, but on the, on the, on a plane, 
who is the most important role on a plane? Who plays the most important role to keep it safe? And and who captain. would you say? I mean, yeah. Captain. And I, I would actually say it's the person on the ground. All right. You, you, you feel me? Hey, there's storms ahead. They've been there, done that. Uh, but who do the passengers look to for confidence, safety, uh, reassurance? You know, when you come over the mic, hey, this is your captain speaking. You know, the guy in the tower doesn't tell people, hey, the weather's totally fine. Um, so my role, and I identified this probably recently uh, in my career, probably two years ago, very recently, that I'm not a captain. I am not a captain. I I would prefer, I mean, with this woodworking business, I, I mean, I told my partner, I said, I don't want anybody to know the parties. I just, I, I, I just don't, I don't know why that is, but I want to be on the ground, help assisting the captain, uh, keeping the passengers safe, figuring out the, you know, the most efficient trajectory for the, the plane, figuring out if they should land because it's dangerous, figuring out uh, those flight paths, crunching numbers, but um, not, I, I would say not getting any credit. I really don't want anybody to know what I do. I just want to make sure that it's running well. So, so what, is it safe to say that um, your gyms wouldn't have sustained um, this many years if you would not have found extroverts to fill those roles? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It, so just to clarify the question, had I not found the extroverts, the gyms wouldn't be what they are today. That's what you're asking, right? That is yeah. what I'm asking. Yeah. 110%. Yeah. 1000%. I'm trying to paint a picture for a gym owner that's wondering what the magic is. And the magic is bringing other people alongside you who. Yeah. Asking for help. And um, I mean, being real honest with yourself of what you're doing with your time, what you're doing and, and what your business is doing and what the, the biggest needs are. And I've identified at least in mine and every business is different, but relationships are key and you could have the most well-ran um skeleton of a a business let's let's say a, an f1 car it's like man if you just pet, press the gas pedal it's going but if nobody's willing to to drive it or you know be a passenger in it then you know it's a failed thing even though you you the mechanics of it make sense and so i'm mechanic mechanically oriented i want to tinker and create and build and um fix uh and fail but that's just not how people are people, people need relationships and, and all that. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, an astounding and resilient. Yes. If you're an introvert like me, you need somebody who is texting people asking if they want to go see a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just something that simple. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. so I, um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you from the very beginning that I kind of wrote down was like, how do you, like you, you own, you own a gym, you partially own another gym. You have a woodworking business that birthed another woodworking company. You have um, a nutrition company, which we're going to get into soon, and you're a Bitcoin miner. Like the the one thing that comes to mind when you start to talk to people, um, people ask me the same thing: is how how do you do all this? And so, I know the answer, <laughs> but how how do you run a gym and do all these other things you're doing? Um, you kind I, of answered it already, really. But yeah, in short, I mean, honestly, it's uh, 
the question was kind of flawed. Not that it was a bad question, but I don't. Yeah. You know? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't, you know, but uh, I, I did teach um, Sophia and Taylor, who are a part of CrossFit Trustful, the mistakes that I made. You know, I didn't just teach them the good things. I, I taught them the bad things. Uh, and with Andy and the woodworking, I showed them my hourly income for the first five years. I mean, the first two years, I made like $4.54. Um, and my, my hourly income went higher when I could detach my time from it and teach other people who had way better strengths, uh, who were smarter than me, uh, better looking than me, uh, you know, more social than me. And um, yeah, I don't. I, I I bring people in that uh, help. So yeah. yeah, that's that's what I was hoping you'd say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Um, you know, I like starting things and I like riling people up. Um, I, I I really enjoy the 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 mentoring aspect of going to somebody. Like, you know, you you shouldn't be working 40 hours a week doing this boring thing that you hate that's not life you need to identify what your passion is and connect your passion to what you can get paid for and I don't, are you are you familiar with the concept of ikigai no um look that up it's basically um uh, exactly what i said um it's been it's a minute since i i i went through it but it's basically what you're good at what you can get paid to do, uh, what the world needs and what you're passionate about. And if you can, if you can, and it's, it's four different circles. And if you can get all four of those circles to intersect on one thing, then that's what you should do. Oh, I love that concept. That vision. So, it, so you might be good at something that you hate. So I, I'm good at, I'm good at speaking or hate's a bad word. I'm good at speaking, but is it something I'm passionate about? Not really, you know, and, and the same thing too, you might be good at fishing, but could you get paid to do it? You know, and if the answer to those two things is yes, then you're at least closer to the center. It's almost like a bullseye. Yeah. So I, I try to teach people identify if it's not a bullseye, identify something that's close. You know, if you've got plenty of money, then I, and you're, you're emotionally drained then you don't need to be focused on that circle. You need to be fulfilling something that's at least in that realm of what people need, what you're good at and, and uh, what you're passionate about. So for sure. Yeah. I like that. Um, so that, that being said, you, you have these two businesses, but um, I want to, why woodworking? Like one of you know, you have two companies now that are woodworking. Where did that come from? I, the drill that I just explained, literally, I mean, uh, I'm constantly trying to, uh, just put things in place that make sense for the future. I've been, I've been doing, uh, you know, contributing to whole life, which let's not get on that. Cause, uh, there's a lot of people that are against it a lot for it, but just, I've been contributing to that every month since I was 21. You know, my mom passed away when I was 10. So, uh, I probably think about death every day, which is very morbid, but you know, you might choke on a bologna sandwich at lunch today. So yes. are your, is your family ready to absorb that loss 
Um, and if, if you think no, then you need to start putting those puzzle pieces in order. And so I think about those puzzle pieces. I want to make sure that I'm making as great of an impact as I can today on as many people as I can today because I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. Um, so that was, I got off topic there, but, um, well, I almost actually, this is great because I almost talk about this every single, um, interview I do. Could you, and usually I kind of ask it towards the end, but I'm going to ask it now. Could you, could you pass the bus test or the, in your case, the bologna sandwich test, if you died choking on a bologna sandwich today, how would your business survive? And let's start, let's just talk about the gym business right now. Would yeah. it survive? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Yep. They would all, the, the one that would struggle the most is the woodworking, mm -hmm. but I just started last month. Um, okay. but yeah, <laughs> and Andy hasn't had time to, you know, learn about, he doesn't know what a spreadsheet is. He doesn't know what margins are. Uh, so at the point where, um, I can teach him, which I am teaching him, then he'll be good to go. But yeah, the nutrition business, uh, Melissa would crush it. Both gyms, Brayden, So, Candace, Taylor, all of them. I have an alarm that goes off every morning that says, make yourself replaceable. You know, oh, so that's incredible. Yeah. For two years, like I said, I, I don't know what happened two years ago, but um, I really latched on to the concept of um, I also have another alarm that says, you're not special. So, really, uh, I have a strength, which is kind of helping people find their strengths, I guess. Um, and rile them up enough, stir them up enough to go do it. But, um, yeah, just understand those two concepts that I, I, I am replaceable. Um, and I, I want to replace myself and, and give people the opportunity to, to grow, you know? So I, I actually would disagree with a comment that you made and maybe you, you didn't make it about yourself. You just, you know, it's kind of morbid to talk, to think about death a lot. Um, I don't think people really step into living until they realize their own mortality. And the fact that if they don't live today, tomorrow could never happen. And how is that approach? Like, how long have you had that kind of approach? Uh, man. I guess probably since I was like 16, you know, once I, once I finally become, it's kind of cliche to say, but once I finally started becoming a man, less of a child, but I still had that, um, you know, and I'll, I'll, my mom passing away, but have, having that, um, try, trying to make sense of that at that age, like it's, it's final, you know, there is no wishing that will, make that reverse you kind of you, you put two and two together and it's like yeah i mean that's a universal concept um and i think that's kind of what people typically have at 40 or 50 or whenever the the midlife crisis is like oh my gosh i have half my life left that and i i, I think i didn't even do the fraction of the half i was like yeah it's it's, it's tomorrow so um I, I would say you know not trying to 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 derail too much with that question but you said that people say live live today because they're not guaranteed tomorrow i'm saying uh, that they should think that <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I would say too you have to define what you want how you want to live mm -hmm. 
you know, there was a, a guided meditation. I, I don't meditate personally, uh, but I did a guided meditation. Um, and it basically it has you close your eyes and you visualize you experiencing an emotion of like, I'm done. I did it. I, I, I feel accomplished. And I'm in the place experiencing that 10 years from now. And you basically open your eyes while your eyes are physically closed and you look around. And for me, it was out in the middle of the woods um, with a four-wheeler behind me. And it, it's kind of weird to go, you know what? I, the whole point of this drill was to visualize what success is. And my definition of now, now other people were standing inside of a big gym or a big old house. And not that those are wrong, but because those are, those are great to work towards. Like, Hey, great. As soon as you get that gym or that, that car, you'll, you'll personally feel fulfilled. So go do it. Uh, but for me, I was in the woods and I even raised my hand. I was like, what the heck? Like I could go do this tomorrow. I just had to spend a few thousand dollars on a foiler. And it, 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 I had the feeling that it was my property and I didn't have a phone. There was no cell reception. I was like, I can do this tomorrow. And you ask that question. And of course, what's the answer? Well, go do it. What do you, what, why are you working towards um, anything other than what you know will fulfill you? You know what I mean? And so that's, that's basically what's driven me now to get to the point where um, I can do that for myself and my watch. She, I, I ran her through the same drill and she, when her eyes were open, uh, you know, as soon as you finish it, you write it all down. And she was standing in the middle of the woods, but there was a, a house um, behind her. And we, I, I had my hand on her hip and she could hear that we had a bunch of people over and they were cutting up and hanging out and, it was dark everywhere, but inside the house was warm. And, and I was like, okay, well, uh, I am going to buy that property and build that house. And I've asked her to write and describe the house. And, you know, we'll, once we get to the point where we can afford that, we're going to go do it. You know what I mean? And uh, raise our kids in that house. So I think clarity is important for a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people walk around without clarity. And I think, yeah. I think a lot of people would look at um, your bio. I keep coming back to it and say, this guy doesn't have any direction. He has no clarity, but I, I would argue that it's exactly the opposite. Um, you know? Yeah, no, I, if there's anything that I have is extreme clarity. Uh, I mean, wait, I wake up every day um, laser focused on the property and house. That's uh, cool laser focused. I mean, that's, that's, and I, you know, the businesses are, they're a mixture of passion and also, um, taking advantage of opportunity. You know, I had a discussion with my wife yesterday. She was like, I feel overwhelmed. The house is a mess. The I said, well, okay. Overwhelming feeling overwhelmed is an emotion. Let's resolve that emotion. Let's get underwhelmed. And I had to write down everything that had her overwhelmed. And we, I wrote down uh, who and how, and the who is who can do this for you. And you find somebody that's better at that for you. She said, I, the house is just a clutter. It's, it, she'll kill me for saying this, um, but it's, it's disgusting. And it's really not, it's very clean. Right. Um, and we wrote down uh, somebody who's good at organization. Somebody who's good at uh, 
babysitting so she can work. Somebody's good at cleaning. And you write down, how do I make that happen? I call her, I text her, I take her to lunch. And um, you resolve those things, you know? So yeah, I, I don't know why I got off on that topic, but- I think, um, it's, I think it's excellent. <laughs> yeah. Not, I guess, eliminating the emotion, ensuring that you're on, on the path uh, oh, the point I wanted to make on the path that you wanted to, to, to be on, because I explained to her that, you know, you can feel overwhelmed when you don't know where the finish line is. Like, how do you know you had a successful day? How do you know at what point have you ever defined how clean you want the house? And for her, the finish line was when all the toys are up, when all the and you, you then you tell somebody who you call, OK, summer. We need the dishes done, the laundry done, and that's it. That's the finish line. That that and that, to me, that's how you start delegating. Tell tell people the expectation, and take it off of your plate. And then you you know you have to be able to afford it, so you got to go make money to be able to afford them. But that's that's the benefit of of our society. Um, there's incentive for everybody, yeah. or there, at least there should be. And I love that 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 mindset of. Um... You know, I call it what gives me what gives me energy and what doesn't. Doing yeah. the lawn does not give me energy. It used to in in Texas. It does not give me energy. It just gives me lots of dirt and dust in my face, and I hate it. <laughs> so, um, so I told a friend um, once, actually Josh Price. I said I can't right now. I cannot afford to pay for a lawn service. And he said, Well, let's let's kind of do some math, and you can actually math that out. And, you know, for your wife, it's like, can you afford to do it? Well, what, where, how can you use that time to bridge that gap really fast? Because you can't, I mean, you can actually calculate your hourly rate and figure out, I'm like, oh, dang, I can totally afford. In fact, I can't afford to do my own laundry. Right. So yeah. it sounds like that's kind of the approach that, that you take. Um, and then that gives us bandwidth to do five different companies because we're putting things, we're, we're using the energy that we, that we're putting energy into things that give us energy. 100%, 110%, especially for anybody that's a visionary, you, you're, you're never going to, you're never going to think of, think your way through something that you're not enjoying. You've got to have the passion to do it. And if you're bogged down with basic tasks, uh, because you're either unwilling or unaware that somebody else, not only would they, be more than happy to do it uh, by getting paid, but um, just asking people for help. You know, I think that's a lost thing in our our culture now is that it's somehow a sin to ask somebody to help you. Right. Um, and I think Robert Cialdini Chiel, uh, or Cialdini, uh, his influence, he talks about one of the best ways to form a relationship with somebody is to literally ask them for a favor. It's not the other way around. If I ask you for help, you'd think that I would have a better relationship with you, but it's not you would have a closer relationship with me. And so I, I, I guess after reading that, it kind of made me realize that I, I, again, I am replaceable. I am not special. I have to ask for help. My house is a, a disaster. Ask for somebody who enjoys organiza organization. Yeah. And not only will they crush it like you never could, they will enjoy it. And you'll, you'll have a, a better relationship with them and and you're filling everybody's, you know, cups financially and uh, I guess professionally and personally, you know, it's the same that you said for your business. Like, you know, I'm not, 
I'm not an extrovert. I need to find extroverts to do that. It's the same in everywhere. And I, and I would contend that until you put the right people in the right seat and you spend the money to put the people in the right seat, you won't make the money. <laughs> you have to decide that ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, there, yeah. There's a risk there, but it's totally worth it. And, and that's kind of the benefit of the Ikigai, because if, if, if you get into something that you cannot get to a point where you could afford help, right. Or you, you, let's say you are passionate about, you are good at it uh, and the world needs it, but you can't get paid for it. That that's typically charity or volunteering. And that's great. But if you're expecting to get paid for that, you're not going to be able to be sustained. You know what I mean? So which means, and we talked about pieces earlier, you've got to find a piece that you can get paid for now to be able to afford the things that you want to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, the, like the property, I don't need property, but I realized that would to having a, having a prop, having property that I couldn't get called or texted or emailed, even if I wanted to, uh, and I could go away with my wife and know that, you know, we're just going to be me and her. Uh, and I could take my son and go four wheeling uh, upon realizing that, that was huge for me then and i can't i couldn't afford it there's no way i could afford all that at, at that moment at that day i left that meditation going i got to get my stuff together so i can get to the point to be able to afford that yeah and then with all the business you kind of find the path of least resistance or um you know it's fine I, I guess you know we were talking about this before we got on but um the whole point of and, and success is defined many ways but to be successful, let's say it's like a marathon, you at least got to run. You got to try. And you may trip. Uh, you may look goofy. You may be embarrassed. Um, but you got to run. And you may find somebody who's cramping on the side that you can pick up and help. Uh, or you may find that some you can draft off somebody. And, you know, things will come to you because you're at least running towards a finish line. But if you think that you're incapable or you're fearful, I think fear, fear, fear is probably the, the biggest personality trait of a lot of people before they jump into something. If you just stand the, the, the starting line, you're never going to, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. Ever. The Level Method helps keep regular folks interested in their fitness for longer because we can show them a specific path and then help them steadily reach their goals safely. It's a total game changer that creates powerful moments they'll never forget. Go to levelmethod.com to find out more. That's so good. So I want to pivot topics okay. because I think you just dropped some massive truth bombs and my head's about to explode. But <laughs> um, seriously, it's just it's just really good for to really kind of take a a, a wide view look of why we're doing what we're doing and how we're going to get there. And if we even right. have a plan. Um, and, and I, I, I have yet to kind of see, uh, I know where nutrition, we're, we're pivoting to nutrition. I know where this fits in your life because you own gyms and nutrition is a very integral part of gyms, but your take on nutrition, um, this, the business that you've built is quite different. And I know some about it, and, and, um, I'm actually wanting you, this is a little crazy. I'm wanting you to plug it because here's why I was doing a podcast. My very, I think it was, it might've been my very first podcast for level method. And, um, 
after that podcast, because we were talking about something, one of the guys, um, Andrew, no, AJ Davila holds up a check, an actual check. It was for 900 bucks. And he's like, dude, I did nothing. And I earned 900 bucks. And he told me it was from your nutrition um, business. And I was like, I wish I had the camera rolling because I wanted, I asked a ton of questions because I was like, how does that happen? So um, this, this podcast is typically listened to by gym owners. So I want you to tell them how they can hold up a $900 check and say they've done hardly anything. Oh, he said uh, he also lost weight. He said I lost like 19 pounds or something. I go, oh, okay. yeah. Good for okay. Him, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a salesman. I'm, I'm not good at uh, plugs. Um, okay, well, let me ask you questions. So what is in the, in the health or, or my vitality? You have um, different companies. I guess this was probably four, three, four, five years ago. Uh, we've been doing this for quite some time, but finally kind of took the leap once. Um, I had the executive director of dietetics over the state of Alabama's high school nutrition at my gym, and I never knew it. Um, and I had been doing nutrition challenges because uh, to me personally, competitiveness is what gets people to focus. Uh, there's also some downsides to competitiveness if done incorrect, but it, it gives people that kind of that finish line. Um, and so we were doing those at our gym and, uh, and, and our own, not the ones that were, you know, charged $500 and uh, the scammy. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get out on, but we were doing that in our gym and that. I think my first uh, seminar for nutrition was three hours because I'm just an information. I want people to understand and way too detailed, way too much. And over time, uh, Melissa is her name. She was like, you know, I can help if you want. And, and from there is, is kind of where it was birthed. Um, so we have the way it works is uh, we actually provide a registered dietitian uh, or certified nutrition coach. Uh, underneath a uh, restaurant dietitian to every gym and run them through a system that isn't just fitness and nutrition. It's all about habits and incrementally building people up to a point where they're, they, they've adopted a habit instead of just throwing them to the wolves and expecting them to count their macros to the point of, uh, you know, each calorie is teaching them. And so the way we, the way we do it is again, give a professional and then, um, every member that they get signed up, they get paid. And the gym owner, the biggest thing for me was I don't want the gym owner to have to do anything because either it's time consuming to do something like that. And as a gym owner, you know, you need, you, you, you know, your members need nutrition and, uh, it's super time consuming to do something like that. And it requires a lot of knowledge and I could learn, but again, it's that time constraint, uh, how much time is in the day. And, uh, so it's kind of, you choose one or two, uh, either I learn it or I don't learn it and you focus on your fitness. And so we just throw Melissa in there who, again, we talked about kind of strengths and skills her, her number one skill is nutrition. So she gets plugged in to meet that, that kind of, kind of, peanut butter to the jelly, so to speak, to make a, a, a recipe for success. So you're telling me that basically um, 
you said the gym owner doesn't have to do anything. And I, because yeah. gym owners are overwhelmed because they tend to be the kind that try to do everything themselves or they're getting it yeah. figured out and they're having, you know, their work um, is getting more systematic and, and in the right hands. But um, how, how does that, how does that work? They're turning their members over yep. with a very important factor to somebody that they don't know. Yep. How does that work? <laughs> it works. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I really don't know how to, else to say it other than every, every gym we've worked with has, uh, sung our praises, you know, yeah. it's, it's giving people something that not only do they need, but want, and that's the hard part about nutrition. It's like, Hey guys, I, today we're going to cut out every single thing you love mm -hmm. all for, uh, nutrition. That's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. And so that's what we talked about the incremental, uh, build and also adopting new habits. You know, a lot of people, especially right now, um, knowing that like emotional support contributes to your nutrition. You know what I mean? Like we all heard about emotional eaters. Uh, well, what if, what if there was nothing to be emotional about? Would you make bad decisions? The answer is probably not as often. And so uh, we actually focus on eight areas um, outside. It's, it's fitness, nutrition, uh, occupational health, spiritual, emotional um, relationships, uh, environment. And so we actually do uh, called Healthy Habits and uh, kind of spur of the moment habit challenges is like go camping. You know, how does that fit into nutrition and fitness? It, it's not going to help you lose weight, but it gets you outside of your comfort zone. And I, 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 can't, I can't remember who said that, but uh, growth begins at the end of your comfort zone, something like that, where if you're, you're, you're expecting to change your habits and change your lifestyle and, and become this person who is overweight to abs. I mean, it's you got to kind of reinvent yourself. You've got to reinvent your mindset uh, to someone who is, you know, doesn't go straight to Netflix after work. What do you do? And so we try to get people the opportunity to adopt new lifestyle, to make it a lifestyle, to teach them that it's not something that's going to crush, especially with COVID. Um, we were shut down for about a month um, in April, and I felt like I started a new business, um, a, 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 a harder business, um, keeping track of all two or 300 of our members to keep that emotion and that relation, that tight knit community, how you, how do you do that remote? You know, I don't know about anybody else that, that did zoom workouts and all that, but the, the engagement, um, is basically zilch. I mean, it, it's really hard to, to interact with somebody, uh, over time. Yeah. You know, the first week was like, how about this? This is kind of, this is not that bad. <laughs> and then week two, like, no, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to a gym owner yesterday um, up in Canada and they just uh, two hours um, after I talked to him, they just closed down for another month or two months. I don't remember that his business was being forced to close, but he was, he knew it was coming. And he said, Scott, I, 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 I don't know how yeah, I'm dude. going to manage. It's like, he said, it is not like a break. It's not like an opportunity no. to do things. It's literally double the work. Um, and so, I think that's what really kind of intrigued me about the story from the member who held up the check is that he's like, I did nothing. 
I just signed people up yeah. and I'm holding a $900 check. Plus I lost weight because I did it with them. Um, I think that, that in the face of, we are so gym owners are so tired right now. Um, all the, the constant evolution of what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to right. do the constant evolution of setting up their parameters indoors or outdoors to match um, rules and regulations. It's, it's exhausting the mental and emotional exhaust exhausting. So uh, I just think uh, actually, I, I kind of told him about what you did because I was, I was thinking if you want people to be engaged, actively engaged and yep. getting results, take the load off yourself. Yep. Yeah. So, Cause you can't do it all. And I, I mean, gosh, I, I feel for all the gym owners that are going through that. Luckily here in Alabama, um, you know, I fought like crazy in March and April just to get some absolutes, you know, I you, saw know you, you were, you were at the forefront. Yeah. Because I, you know, I'm not saying it, this is not, has, has nothing to do with intelligence, but I'm, I'm, I'm focused on logic. Like just give me behind door a is an issue behind door b is a solution but at least from here in alabama no communication on what was what what and i guess the door would be like an action there was no communication on what action elicited what result it was just like hey you know what we're gonna have kind of double standards mixed around everything and you get to a point i mean we i did an, an interview with fox um and they, they put underneath, like right here on, on my camera, you know, usually it says Andrew Ray, uh, owner of CrossFit Trust Floor, gym owner. It, it literally said illegal gym opening. Oh, my gosh. And the interview, um, I thought went well until I watched it. <laughs> I called the news anchor and I was like, yo, I don't know how slander and libel work, but um, – we did nothing illegal. We followed the standard. I mean, we had, we were required six feet. We did 20 feet and um, we ran two classes at the same. This is outside. We have a massive parking lot. We ran one class on one side of the building and one class on the other. So if there was some type of particulate in the air, it was impossible to, and again, we got called illegal. And I, I had the vice president of our bank who holds our loan call me and go, yo, um, what's going on and of course she's a family friend but uh i mean we had the 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 uh, fire chief of of hoover call his 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 guys in and we're like yo you work out there right no you cannot work out in the legal and so it was a huge to do and so i guess my whole point in that is not only are you trying to do everything right but it's just like this force is preventing you from uh feeling confident about what you're doing and it's just overwhelmingly uh emotionally exhausting yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. I love that you took something and you created it a, a solution for a, a common problem inside of gyms is I'm going to run this challenge or I'm going to do this nutrition thing, or I'm going to do nutritional coaching. And then you pay massive. And there's nothing wrong with this. You pay massive amounts for the mentoring or the, the, the getting a system in place, which is fine. But what I've noticed is most like most often gyms are hiring a whole nother person to run that uh, that part of their business. It's a pretty big investment. And what I'm hearing from you is you've done all that. Now it's just plug and play. play. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I heard uh, one of the gyms who hired us, they, what you were just saying about hiring somebody, 
the person they hired ended up just taking all their clients. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's just not something that I, when we talked about this earlier, uh, you know, I didn't, that's not the problem I was trying to solve, but you go, my goodness, like that, that is a, that is a massive concern. Like you're, you're giving the keys to the kingdom. Um, and it's not that, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to sell that as like some fear tactic or anything, but, but, but um, you don't have to worry about that. Work. Yeah, or maybe you do. I don't know. You're shaking your head. <laughs> oh, it's super important. I mean, I, I, I think we are very clear on where you stand in this. It's super important because I, I remember a story and I'm sure you've heard it because we have a mutual friend that tells a story that their gym did one of the big challenges, one of those national or international challenges. And then when they called them to say, do you want to do it again? And they said, no, that company contacted everyone that did the challenge directly and went ahead and charged them and did the challenge without the gym's knowledge, because now they own that email list. And, and, um, so you have to, if you're going to use an outside source, use one that you know is coming from a very reputable stance. And as a gym owner building a company like this, you know, (laughs) you know how devastating that would be. Um, Especially right now. Yeah. You obviously have a conscience. So, um, it's a safe bet. I think is the, is the point. And I know people that have used you and, and, and have been, um, ecstatic, ecstatic with the results, ecstatic with the professionalism, especially, you know, you have this, uh, these nutritionists and, and, um, I don't remember all the accolades that they had, but that's, that's really incredible. It's more than what most people can do. Yeah. We we actually ship a scale, uh, measure body fat and and all that good stuff, uh, to to the gym. gym. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We just now started doing that. Uh, if, if you have an in body or something that's super accurate, we definitely work with you on your device. Um, and we run formula. Well, I'm getting too far into the weeds, but basically want the competition to be fair. And yeah. there's, there's certain accuracies with certain devices. So we take that into account, but we ship the gyms a, a scale. So that way they don't have to buy anything. Um, and then you can just ship it back or if you want to keep it, you can keep it. Um, and, uh, get body weight, get muscle. And then, uh, we want to see people grow in their, you know, muscle, but lose body fat, grow in their functional, but lose their non-functional. Um, and then we take that into account. Uh, obviously we consider the, we have point structure for, you know, developing good habits and that tiered approach. Um, and we, you know, we have people all the time that, uh, friends and family join in because they didn't realize that, you know, like a husband will do it. And we, we use InBody uh, at my gyms and the visceral hat, fat, fat is high and the registered dietitian can have an honest conversation and say, you know, that's a, a precursor of metabolic disease. Yeah. Well, with metabolic disease, it's, it's all the nasty stuff that you don't want that contributes to the highest death rates in America. And the wife's sitting there like, <laughs> you know, stare like you did something wrong knowingly and uh, she'll jump in and, and you end up, get, it's more of just the gym community. Uh, you know, these people are, and that, that's how you elicit changes is creating an environment around these people that is healthy. And so when you get that wife involved, um, then you get their, you know, their, their, their um, mom or dad involved. And, you know, that's kind of the change you want to see. And it benefits the gym. Uh, uh, I, I, that, that makes a lot of sense. Didn't even think about that is you have the gym members not only doing it, but then they can wrap their whole entire family or their local community or their group or whatever it is. Um, does the gym owner still make, make money? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. 
Yeah, so, it's only it's it's literally relative to them. Uh, we create a, a a sprint. We call them sprints. Kind of talking about the marathon. We have we're actually doing our our holiday pace right now, which is getting tested before Thanksgiving, and then they'll get retested at the beginning of their January sprint, uh, and then they'll sprint for forty days uh, around January, February, whenever the gym wants it. But they'll actually we have. Uh, they were given like $600 in rogue gift cards uh, to anybody that loses weight themselves. So we have a Facebook group where Melissa's in there answering all the questions, but it really is, it's, it's very hands-off giving them kind of the autonomy to practice what they know has worked, what we've implemented in a sprint, but now it's just a pace, like slow down. Nutrition is not always a deficit. It's not always killing yourself. There's more to life than just, you know, measuring every grain of salt that you put on your food. Uh, but if you, if you want to do that, feel free. If you make changes, you know, that's really cool. So there's, there's backup. It's not just this, this, you call them sprints, which I really like because challenge has been, some people have destroyed that word. Um, so that's really cool. We're running out of time and I really want to get to um, the selfish part of this is where I ask you, you know, you've been with Level Method. We won't, first of all, we're not allowed to tell a story about me selling you on Level Method when I first, <laughs> very, 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 very first started. I mean, it was like day one. So we're not going there. Just okay. We just know that you were sold and I kept talking. So that being said, uh, <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. So what, what is level? Why, why did you choose level method? What was, what was the thing that, you know, made you think, huh, I'm going to do this thing. Uh, the structure, you know, get, uh, being able to see the progression of fitness for somebody to see, not the coach explaining to somebody, Hey, you can't squat. You're squatting five times. That's huge, man. Like you, you weren't strong enough. To, I had an athlete who would squat and she'd just fall over. She was not strong enough to stand back up. And she was like 25, you know, just zero muscle. And when she did her first air squat, that was a big deal. And I think it's as professionals, we know it's a big deal, but how do you communicate that to the athlete when you have limited manpower and limited opportunity to take advantage of those situations and, and level method calls them bright spots. It's a big deal. Um, and unless you're there to capture it, it's, it's kind of like the perfect moment in sports. You know, you got to take a bunch of photos and, and that's just, there's just no way you could capture the perfect moment. Yeah. Um, and that board, if anything, an athlete being able to walk up there and see that one handstand push up is great. It is phenomenal. It is, I can't remember what level it is, but it's up there. It's not, uh, you know, it's not zero. You're, you're coming into, and I know you know this too, all of our, everybody who owns a gym has heard, well, before I start CrossFit or before I start whatever gym, I've got to get in shape. It's like, what? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> this is what we do. And so I think, uh, you know, we, when we do our, our no sweat intros and, and foundations, we lean, we don't do um, level method to start them in that um, we run through a bunch of exercise, but we walk over there and introduce them to that board so they can see that they will be doing some progression. There is a lot of structure. You're thinking 
that this girl who's doing 255 is what you should be doing right now. No, she's been here for four years. And you know what I mean? So I, I, that was a long, long answer to your question, but the structure and the visual representation of, you know, how it progresses and then being okay with, um, you know, where you're at and then pushing those, those limits where you want, you know? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And, um, you guys, uh, what's your thoughts on the programming? I mean, you're in two different locations, so you have different cultures, different, you know, people. What's your, what's your thought on the programming? Uh, man, that's, that's a question. Uh, I, I don't know how to specifically answer that. It's great. Um, giving people the opportunity to, again, understand that not every day, I think people can get lost that CrossFit supposed to kill them every day. I hear people drop into other gyms and they're like, oh man, we did five rounds. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, here we go. 100 burpees, 100 clean and jerk at 185, 100 muscles. Like, holy crap, how far did you got? They're like, well, I got through the burpees. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God. Like, or it is something that they can do, but it's 45 minutes and they're smoked. And you know, God help the members that are waking up the next day, uh, strapping on their boots for triple friend. Um, and it's not, it's nice that the, you know, level method does a very good job of, uh, you, you've got, uh, this is kind of oversimplifying, but heavy days, light days, moderate days, cycled in a lot of skills. You got mixture of lifting, metabolic conditioning. Um, cause there is 10 general characteristics of fitness that we all learn at our CrossFit certification. Uh, flexibility is one, you know, whether you want to work on it or not, uh, as well as accuracy. So uh, there's little bitty things that build a whole athlete and, and level method does a good job of, uh, you know, kind of bringing all that together in, in a good, good little package. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, man, I really, really uh, genuinely enjoyed talking to you about this stuff. Things I've been wondering for a long time. Yeah, because um, I, I know you've always been involved in a long a lot of stuff, and we ran out of time. I can't even t- talk to you about um, Bitcoin mining, which is blows my mind. I don't even understand it, but I want to. Um, so we can't even talk about that. But um, we will post your all the contacts, all the links for your gyms and for um, my vitality um, nutrition and and your woodworking. If you want, uh, we'll post all of that. <laughs> In, uh, in, in the show notes so people can have access to that. Um, I really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, yeah, man. Anytime. I enjoy uh, hanging out with you. And next time, if there is a next time, we'll talk about uh, how you sold me on Level Method. No, we won't. So you just, you just put a nail in the coffin of there won't be a next time. <laughs> uh, remember, first, first day. First day. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was a good first day. Though. You did good. <laughs> all right everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode of gym mastery podcast with uh (laughs) andrew rape um entrepreneur gym owner leader a leader in his community and uh so much more if you found value in this and uh like listening to people talk that are successful and know how to get things done subscribe and uh if you want to know more about level method it's levelmethod.com. And if you want to know more about um, Andrew's nutrition. My vitality. My vitality. My vitality. 
my it's myvitality.fit. Uh, get on there, check it out. I can personally attest that it's an incredible process. Um, and so I, I would tell you, check it out. Have an awesome day.